0: How are you? This is not Carol Haskins giving you from the the infamous show Tiger King. I was going to say, "Hey there, cats and kittens," or kitties. But uh, I wish I had her listenership. She is huge. I I heard, I think she was interviewed on a show, and I was wonder. I was hoping uh, a couple weeks ago when they were interviewing her. I don't know what it was four necessarily but I was waiting for the newscaster or I think it, yeah something to ask her if she killed her husband but um you know that was the woman that runs if you ever watched Tiger King you know what I'm talking about she was a uh, exotic animal mainly tigers um rescuer I think she portrays herself as that um but uh Yeah. You know what? That was got thinking about the beginning. That was the beginning of the pandemic. All you have to think about is the Tiger King. People say, well, why all of a sudden did this documentary about people that kept um, exotic pets become such a big hit? And uh, it's the characters. They were very, I guess, extreme. And then you have like Carol Haskins and Exotic Joe and a couple of the other uh, weirdos. I know I'm qu- quite the character and weirdo, but I don't really approach the meth user type level that Exo- Joe Exotic had or um, the possibility of having fed her husband to a tiger as Carol Haskins. And it was. Uh if you ever get to see the show, it's just right from the opening. of see, I'm not going to give everything away, but uh, it was a series, I guess, several f- episodes. Um, <laughs> people were talking about exotic animal collectors. And the guy says, well, you know, exotic animals collectors are or owners are a unusual bunch. But the big cat owners are pieces of shit. That was the exact word, and it's from ex- I guess it's the someone from PETA or something like that, and I kind of understand. And there's uh, news stories coming out of uh, Colombia near Medellin. Uh, the it was the hub of the Colombian cocaine traffic during the '90s. Uh, during I think during the late '80s, Pablo Escobar esported, exported uh, one. Male and two uh, female hippopotamus or hippopotami, whatever the proper, to Colombia. And right now, in uh, that area of uh, Colombia, there is about 80 hippopotamus and they're starting to uh, degrade the environment they're in, in, in the water, and they're aggressive and they're hurting and things like that but the problem with uh, that you have a healthy population of hippopotamus growing in a place that's not supposed to be but in Africa where they come from they're they're dying out they're in danger or you know on the uh, danger of becoming extinct so that's kind of interesting so and you have to weigh that with the people that collect tigers and things like that that you know will they I always think about it. Will they survive? But then again, it'd be just like what happens when, um, you know, the last tiger in the wild or, or, uh, mountain gorilla or orangutan. If they survive in captivity, is that the same as an existence? Who knows? Not to bring you down, not to bring you down. But since we are talking about animals, I have to tell you a story about, um, something happened at work so recently a couple weeks ago someone started posting pictures of this crocodile and everyone says hey Jim you know when I say crocodile people say you mean alligator Jim because we know alligators are in Florida not crocodiles well the American crocodile exists down this neck of the woods down in South Florida especially crocodiles are mainly brackish to salt water same as alligators are from freshwater Brackish water they can survive it. So, um, this one large, I guess it's large, maybe not, but it's uh, about nine feet long. It, it looks like half its nose was taken off, prob- most likely from a boat propeller, and they've been showing pictures of it and it's been floating around the canals of Key Largo. So, one of our regulars comes in, and this is, gosh, was it Saturday? it was Monday, Sunday, could have been Saturday, and, but I remember the conversation, the woman starts talking about showing pictures that there was a crocodile on her ramp outside of her home, and I realize I love animals, I love wild animals, I love domesticated animals, I, I'm against animal abuse, but there's, there's that on one hand. Right. You have the caring and thoughtfulness of caring for animals. And then on the other hand, you have a situation that is quite humorous and they can exist at the same time. They can exist at the same time. It's like that uh, YouTube video about the drunkest man in the world trying to buy a six pack of beer. Uh, And if you get to see the version, like I said, once again, I know I'm pushing a YouTube video, but will go on sung by Celine Dion with a man or woman or whoever playing a recorder while you see the security tape of the guy tripping all through the convenience store trying to purchase this uh, is, is both at the same time extremely sad and extremely funny now if you think it's just funny you may have a problem with empathy now I I'm not a. when I say people call me a bleeding heart I'm not a bleeding heart I can, I can see how something's funny and sad at the same time and that's how most people are they're on the scale so this woman comes in she's a regular and she's very loud very screechy I'm not going to say her name but and if you are listening to the show and you're in you come into the bar then you'll know who this person is so she was talking about how she couldn't get Florida uh, Fish and Wildlife in there to remove it this and that and after talking to him it seemed like she was more concerned she wasn't as concerned for the crocodile which i you know don't blame her she's more concerned for her her pet and herself which you know you should you shouldn't take lightly a a nine-foot crocodile on your property there's there's you definitely don't want to tangle with it but she, she she said it was lethargic on her property wasn't responsive and it appeared to be dying, which I don't know. It was kind of cool on that day. So these, when these cold-blooded animals come out of the water and and they're they hit the you know cold air, they tend to get lethargic. And she let the whole nut bar heard about it, and they were talking about it and talking about it, and uh, she's showing a picture, and she's still trying to get people to. Take an interest, maybe try to get the fish and wild one. So two hours is going on, and then all of a sudden, some jokester had went over to the jukebox. Uh, we have one of those internet boxes that have almost every song, and I'll talk about that a little later because a friend of mine. Um, it's funny, you know. It's it has access to the internet, but it doesn't have every song on it, which know for a price you should be able to buy every song because you're paying a, a, a royalty for it okay back to this Th- the music starts playing and you start hearing a distinctive organ piano uh electric piano music Start playing crocodile rock and someone pointed out that he's playing and she's sitting there listening and stuff like that and all of a sudden someone points out to her and says that's crocodile rock and uh, someone's trying to pull the chain i'm not going to say who did it you know i'm not going to say it was the bartender or anybody else but i was a bartender that day but she flipped out and there was a loud group of people that are regulars there and she started flipping them off and yelling at them and stuff like that and we finally kind of calmed down and I told her I empathized with her I went over to her I empathized with her and uh, then I said you know I, I just I don't, I, she goes you don't seem to really care I said well I didn't want to shed crocodile tears I actually said so then she got pissed at me and I told her you know maybe she needs to eat maybe she's low in energy maybe I could show throw another shrimp on the barbie and that didn't didn't hit home, Um, the shrimp on a Barbie was a reference to Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee. So, and if I had a croc, if I had an Izod shirt, I know that's an alligator, but I would have put that on too. But considering that was distressful, you know, I just, I don't get people bringing their, you know, when they air their problems and then you're at a bar, sometimes people are going to commiserate Sometimes I'm not. Now, I've heard uh, we are the Florida Keys. You know, we, we are a local's bar, but we also get a lot of tourists that come in. So I try, we try to play nice with everyone. And I had someone tell me one time that no matter how emotional people get and things about people when they pass away, eventually they move on you know I've, we've lost so many regulars in the last uh, two years or three years or over the years and we've moved on people that were sitting you could just sit there and say these you know this person was here last year and they're gone now and there's interesting stories There's people that um, died who died under questionable circumstances uh, I've met people that have been accused of in a homicide some people that they're suspected of a couple of their spouses have passed away under questionable circumstances and topically when you're talking to these people let's say the people that have survived these incidents whether they're just surviving the death of a spouse or a a friend spouse friend partner um they handle it. And then you got the people that are questionable in the, you know, whether they may have participated in quickening that. And there's been more than a few of those people. And we're right on Route One, and it's not the kind of place where, I'm not saying our place is like that. And almost every place is like that, from the wealthiest, uh, economically advantaged areas of the country down to the, the lowest maybe there's more in the lowest but there's there's always a group of people and that's just the way it is you know and uh, we, we get it's just interesting it, it's interesting that the empathy level for people varies I remember a woman who was a regular at this restaurant right up the road at the Encore and there was this really great sushi guy, Jesse, Jesse Fernandez. And he died of a heart attack. He died of a heart attack. He was uh, a couple years younger than I am right now, I guess. And he 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 was uh, a couple pounds overweight. He had a young child and a y- uh, younger wife. And we were shocked when we heard this guy die. Just, you know, a heart attack. You just like that, and then when we were um, at the, uh, I was working on a Friday night, and there's a group of people there, and there's one of our regulars came in, with uh, a man and woman, and they said, "Hey, where's uh, Jesse?" And said, why you um, so and so working?" Blah 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 blah, and I said, well, is, um, and, uh, I said uh, "He passed away. He had a heart attack." And the, I th- she had an unfortunate reaction. I'm sure she was empathetic, right? I'm sure she was empathetic. But the look, she goes, "Ooh, I'm so sorry. And it was almost like a Saturday Saturn Live bit. Like it was such the most insincere trying to drum up. You know, you could just put your, I mean, what I would do if I, I couldn't summon the emotion to say, I would put my head down and say my condolences, I'm sorry to but <laughs> to go out on the limb and try to uh, use your you know, your thespian skills your acting skills to simulate empathy I can hand it to you, you're really you're putting yourself out on a limb so it's best, whenever something like that happens I would suggest you just put your head down let's go on to lighter things right now that's crazy, I know it's crazy Like I said it like that but uh, we are in the midst of the beginning of the uh, busy season, but I don't know what we're going to get down here. You never know. You know, the uh, there's still two groups of people down here. There's people that believe that this is a real pandemic and that our behavior can affect outcomes and slow the spread by practicing safe. Hygiene, and as other people say, well, it really doesn't matter. You're restricting commerce and stuff like that. And the best thing in the world is just go ahead and do it. And if it happens, it happens. But, anecdotally, the way I see it, a lot of the people that people that were loud about calling it fake, they've, you know, through time when people they've known gotten it, have been in the hospital. There's been a, a a squelching of the attitude that it's nothing. You know, they're not, you don't hear the things like, oh, motorcycle accidents, blah, 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 blah. So th- they're, ma- they're getting that at least. So, but there's still people out there and they're, right now, it seems as if the people that <coughs> don't believe that it is that big a deal are making their way down here, which is fine. A lot of them, at least they're vociferous about it, the ones that come down here. I mean, if you take your family, if you're out with eight people and you are going to a restaurant and bar inside this time of year, you're coming to South Florida, which is known as a place that may not be as. And people say, well, Florida's doing really good. Well, Florida's doing well, maybe because of the way they report there right now. Uh, the woman who did the data collection for a COVID uh, outbreak in Florida is. Under arrest for releasing information that the state was suppressing the the numbers. So, Florida is, uh, from what I understand, and you know from my attempt to have a surgery that I couldn't go by the normal means because a lot of these hospitals were under stress for in, in the main. In their main buildings, they were having to expand their ICUs, especially in South Florida, and I'm sure there's other places. I know California is having a tough time of it, but there's a lot of people out there, right? So when um, you you have people come down here and they feel uh, people have been, you know, locked up, they want to get out, Center Express interviews, right? So I get this couple coming in. And it's Sunday, and we're watching a football game. And it's between it, – it's in the second game, but I don't know. It could have been the first game, but it really didn't matter. The woman's sitting there with her boyfriend or husband or whatever it is. She's, I guess, around 62, 63. He's around in his late 60s. And she, uh, she looks at me, and she goes, I don't like football. Did they kneel at the beginning? And I – this is exactly what I said. I didn't notice, but I can tell you they didn't attempt to overthrow the government or threaten elected officials or beat any cops with a flag or a fire extinguisher. I just looked at her and waited for a response. And then the same lady asked if the wings... Had, um, so I let that go, and then she goes... She goes, do the wings taste good here? And I said to her, the wings taste good here, and they taste good over there, and they taste good at home. I don't think location has anything to say about how things taste. I'll examine that some other time. Whether it's the setting really changes your taste bud or the way you experience um, food, right? Who knows? Well, I have. Always been reluctant to give a straight answer. Sometimes when someone sets me up, I do appreciate um, a good line. Uh, you can't avoid it, just like I said with the crocodile and things like that. And sometimes you can't, you can't keep your mouth shut when it's just too good to be true. Um, if you're used to, b- if you ever watched The Office, Michael Scott, the main character, Steve. he always popped up with, that's what she said. Right? That's what she said. And uh, that it's tough having the one line. So a lot of times when people have, they hand you, when they hand you a great punchline, you can't do anything but go ahead with it and let the chips fall where they may. And sometimes they're horrible, just like the time that Liz said, said she was gluten intolerant. And I told her that I was intolerant towards the Amish. I could have said the Irish, but that would have been self-hatred because I'm of Irish heritage. So one last thing. Today, this will be released. We are about, by the time this show is on the air, it'll be 24 hours. One last day for this current administration and a new one to start. Uh, I know a lot, uh, most of my listeners I'd have to say, probably like the rest of the country, predominant are, are supporters of the new president. And there's a small group that are supporters of the other ones. I would I would venture to guess, listen, if you feel it was stolen, just remember uh, the Republican Republicans won more seats in the House. Not enough to capture the whole House, but just remember they did. So if the election was going to be stolen they would have stole the Senate seats that were up and the House seats. So it doesn't the steal stop the steal thing. It's just like why would if Trump underperformed people split their tickets. That's just the only way that would happen. Some people voted for their Republican congressman Republican senator candidate and chose to choose another Person to delete lead a ticket. That's just it, it, the way it is. And I'm still surprised that you're 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 shocked that you think he won by a landslide. No, he did not. He lost by a landslide. Seven million votes, maybe maybe more. But I'm surprised that my guy only won by seven million. I mean, I'm absolutely certain. I didn't understand why there weren't twenty more y- million votes for him. I don't see. I don't see that, but I didn't, uh, and I don't see the last time how he won. I don't see, but I, once again, I did not attack our law enforcement or try to uh, assassinate our elected officials or things like that. So, you know, time to put that foolishness away. I'm sure the extremists out there aren't listening to the show. You have other ones to listen to. Uh, Put away that hatred. You know, the water's fine out here with the rest of us. I was. Uh, I did something positive when uh, during the last I mean I just started a podcast under this admi- past administration. I had some great things happen to me. I became sober under this administration. I'm not going to say the whole thing in the world w- was horrible. I think he behaved like an ass. I think he was disloyal. I think he may have collaborated with our enemies. But I'm not saying for shit. And I, I, I didn't I didn't plan on my life being shit just because I didn't like the president. I would just go on and do it. Now I like the president. I'm still going to do what I am going to do. Keep on trucking. And talk about keep on trucking. I am looking to purchase a car. And it's funny. I've always been a Chevy guy. Right? I've had a Chrysler. One time I had a Chrysler and I don't it. But most of the other times I had Chevys. And I wanted to buy a new one. But for years, I espoused this idea that I appreciate the idea of a new car. I guess it's, you know, people want to get a new car because it's a brand new car. Nothing like a new car. No one else drove it. But eventually, a new car becomes a used car. And in my head, I sold cars, right? And I didn't sell sell cars in my head. In my head, I realized that once that vehicle is titled the first time, it's a used car. And you lo- it loses about ten percent of its value immediately. I think you'd be hard pressed to get uh, to turn around after one day. And if you try to sell it back instead of you know doing a, I mean there's some states that have the laws where you can turn a car back in, but um, once it's titled to used car and it'd be, you'd be hard pressed to get ninety percent of the value. If that. You know, if say, oh, well, we got a warranty and stuff like that, well, the, almost all the warranties in effect, it's just a different owner. So you're just going to clean it up and put it out, you it's know, there's 50 miles on it. and I just don't want the car anymore, but that's it. So that depreciation in the first year is huge, maybe like 25%. So if you're buying 25, 50%, so off the MSRP, manufacturer's suggested retail price. And let's say it's 24000 So that's 6000 And they, that's 18 months of payment. If you bought a year-old vehicle, in some cases, or two years-old vehicle, where there's like 25,000, 30,000 miles, there's still a good 100,000 miles left on the vehicle. Let's say 75%. You could buy it for 50%. 50% of that. Why Why would you buy? You're, you're purchasing depreciation. That's in my head. So I have that. It's much like the guys that only want, you know, if I'm going to get married, I'm only going to marry a virgin. You know, I'm only going to marry a virgin. Well, there's problems with that, you know. Some vehicles you can purchase have problems in the, in the beginning that never had a driver. There, there's some ing- manufacturing isn't always an exact science. Sometimes there are problems and uh, there's recalls and things like that. So I'm out looking for a car and I'm looking for a type of car. And originally you heard me say last year I was looking for an electric car and that seems to be just right now that's untenable. And plus in my head, I'm thinking about the range and all this stuff and the range has been growing and growing and growing. So right now for when i was thinking about getting a chevy bolt um it's around 253 and now we got cars coming out that 400 you know the extreme like the tesla and some. i'm not saying i'd be able i can't justify my head making a payment like that even though i could just because you can afford something say should you try to afford something like that and how much you're going to be paying for a mile now Versus a new car, yes, you probably. We we've had this discussion how much it costs in repairs and maintenance and things like that. So, if you buy a car for fifty percent of what the value was, and there's still seventy-five to eighty percent of the use left to it, it seems to be the best buy. And I'm also looking in my head. I'm going, well, I want to get, I want to get economical. I want to get you know highway miles to be above thirty. So I'm thinking of mid-size. I like mid-size. I like parking. I don't like, you know, get spaces in And I am not adamant in getting a pristine vehicle that doesn't have any dents. And here's my reasoning for it. Because that on a brand-new car, the first thing agonized is a scratch, dent, or imperfection. Right? Now, on your car, if you have a dent on it, do you agonize the same as on the second one? Now, I'm not talking about a huge dent, one that, you know, you have to go and get fixed and things like that, but, and you should, you know, if you but who wants to make a claim, who necessarily wants to make a claim on an accident, and then, you know, there's accident forgiveness, I understand that, uh, things like that but who, who wants to do that and actually um you know go through on a minor on a minor dent now big dents you're gonna have to get fixed and stuff like that so i i really i really am you know i i went um, i got cured of it because you know you get lured into the idea you see the cars advertising they advertise it for Probably about twenty five thousand less, and they'll show the rebate. They show the price after rebate and trade in, and they estimate trade in maybe let's see three thousand dollars average trade in. And they say, oh, this is the price to get the car for. Yeah, that's assuming, you know, that's the twenty five hundred dollar rebate. This, that, and they add the destination tax charges and stuff like that. Another upwards of twelve, thirteen hundred dollars afterwards. And you're back to the original MSRP, you know, of not the advertised MSRP. You're not even close. Before you put even put your down payment, I went. There, I was getting it done, and you know, I was telling someone, I was, you always hold back a little, the you know, money that you're going to put down. You put about a, you, you should suggest about half, and and then you can negotiate more if you want, you know, and actually. If you're not getting a really good interest rate, you should actually put more down and reduce, try to get that shorter loan under better terms. So here I am looking and I'm looking away because I noticed it appears as if American cars and certain other cars are prone to be used by rental agencies and things like that. So you don't see them too often. And then I guess the rental agencies use them. But I don't see the used. I was looking at Malibu. Now I'm on the Jetta Passat. I'm in a Passat or I think a Passat, Volkswagen Passat, Nissan, Sentra, Hyundai, Sonata. And being in South Florida, about 20 feet from the sun, I'm thinking of a lighter color, not dark blue, not black, not dark gray. Though I will go medium gray, silver, blue, right? tinted windows. We, you always get the tint after how, how hard it is to get tinted for that. But here I am. I, 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 I think I would have a hard time if I won the lottery doing that. I have never been great with money. I may be one of those people that given lots of money I might be very frugal. And that would probably ruin my relationship with may not appreciate that, but I would be looking at some. Uh, why would I buy a brand new car when, you know, that Tesla was on, you know, ninety thousand dollars loaded? I can get a one-year-old one with eight thousand miles on it for eighty or seventy-five. So that's that's the thing I deal with. Right. So we're here in the Keys. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I don't know if I'm setting the tone for the uh, what's about to come. The tourist season comes. I hope it's good. I am off today. I am actually going in because I'm a part time employee at the hospital. I'm going in to get my shot and I will tell you tomorrow what it feels like. And we'll see what uh, it's. I think it's a Moderna vaccine. I went in last week, and I was talking to uh, my supervisor, and the supervisor said uh, to me, hey, Jim, send me your availability if you want to get the sh- the vaccine. You want to get the vaccine? I said, yeah, I'll send it to you. And I said, wow, I was su- surprised. But I'm considering an employee, and I guess they have that many vaccines, and I, they got to use it or lose it, right? And I will get back to you about that. I'm uh, hopeful that because – because I'm a bartender, maybe a good thing to have. Thank you for listening, folks. Uh, boy, there's been an upswing in India, United Kingdom. I think Bristol, United Kingdom. Thank you very much, Bristol. Thank you, India once again. Uh, thank you, South Florida. Thank you, Key Largo. I know there was a lot of downloads in Key Largo. Uh, uh, tomorrow at noon, I'm—I don't know if it's going to be a live show, a recorded show. I'm going to try to make it live. But it will be at 12 noon on uh, Inauguration Day. I'm recording it, so I'll watch it with my wife. But we'll do uh, a podcast then. And I guess if you do, maybe you won't do We won't do it then. You're not going to listen. You're not going to listen then. You shouldn't be listening. You should be watching uh, history unfold. Um, thank you for listening. Share the show with your friends. Listen to it. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, I heart, but if you do listen, if you do have an option, please listen to us on the um those stations. Leave a review, share it with your friends. The more lessons we have, the more chances we have at a sponsor, where we'd be able to uh, plug away here. And I'll do it. I won't do. Uh, what I'll do is I won't do a recorded one. So I'll try to make it fresh each time. So I'll do it like. Uh, to make it interesting but if they make it and listen if they're gonna pay me money i'm gonna do it the way they want it if they want it recorded they could do it recorded but hey who knows who knows it's all it's i'm putting a carp before the horse uh thank you for listening have a great day and i'll be back uh with you tomorrow